0: The Plotcast Podcast with the Potty Plotters.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Potty Plotters podcast I'm Elaine. And I'm Julia. And don't forget, you can get in contact with us at any time via our socials. What are they, Elaine? They are Instagram, Twitter, Facebook... At Potty Plotters. We've also got a website, pottyplotters.uk. And you can write
2: to us via an email address, which is naughtycorner at pottyplotters.uk.
1: So, we're on to episode seven now. And if you've just come across us, well, hit that subscribe button.
2: Or follow us. We've had a complaint, haven't we, that somebody couldn't find subscribe. So, if you can't find the word subscribe, just look for follow and hit that instead.
1: Today we're talking to international floral designer Jonathan Mosley, and we'll also be sharing some tips with you on how to get parsnip seeds germinated. Now it
2: might well be Julia that people are concerned that they can hear noises in the background. Why is that?
1: Well um, there's plot clearance going on on one of the plots at the allotment. We're sitting outside at the moment in the beer garden and the lads are behind us and they're clearing one of the plots and to be it bluntly they're not quiet are they they're not
2: and i can also hear that somebody's got the hedge trimmer out as well somewhere or it sounds like that or a rotavator i'm not really sure but needless to say there are a lot of people around and about on the plots because it's such a beautiful day
1: it really is and we better crack on with this Elaine, okay. because we've already had demands from them <laughs> for cups of tea so uh, crack on it's
2: sad that they don't know where the cattle is themselves isn't it right then julia parsnips I adore parsnips, I love parsnip soup, I love curried parsnip soups, I like them fried, I like them boiled, I like them mashed, I like them with carrot as well. What about you?
1: So, so I like them roasted, but can you remember that time you made the parsnip cake? That didn't go down too well, did no, it? No, it
2: didn't. It did weigh heavy, and uh, it was fair to say, yes, it wasn't very successful. I thought it looked nice, covered it in icing, but there you go. Let's move on. It's a very tricky seed to get germinated. It can
1: take an awful long time, can't it, Elaine? It
2: can. And the woulda, coulda, they're people who tell us all about what we could have done, should have done, and uh, would have done if they were doing something, are mesmerised by by what we do, and what is it that we actually do?
1: Well, I can see that you've been out, you've had another takeaway. <laughs> Honestly, what does that say? Chicken tikka masala, you <laughs> what? <laughs> it's something similar. Right, and I've got, <laughs>
2: thank you for that, Julia. I have got here a uh, washed takeaway container, and the lid fits tightly on the top. That's the most important thing to tell you. So, all I'm going to do now is open the takeaway container put the lid to one side, and to the right of me, I've got some kitchen towel. And all I'm going to do... <laughs> oh, I've written that by mistake. Anyway, you know, you couldn't make this up, could you? No, I don't you don't know to. your own strength, do you? <laughs> right then, I'm now going to tear the kitchen towel. And I'm just going to... Actually, that's much better. I've made a little piece of kitchen towel to sit ni- snugly on the bottom of the container and I've got my uh, sprayer and I'm just going to wet the piece of kitchen towel thoroughly. Right, it's not absolutely soaking, Julia. I don't want it running with water, but it is well and truly wet. So I've turned it upside down. No water is coming out of it. You're surprised at that, aren't you? I can tell by your face. I'm
1: just thinking this is like the the way we do the sweet peas, isn't it, that we did in episode two? It
2: certainly is. And parsnips. Right then, let me tell you, folks, parsnip seeds don't like to germinate. And the second thing is we don't like to keep them because generally speaking, they are only good as soon as you've opened them for that year. So don't think that you'll just do a few and then save them. It doesn't work like that. So you need to get rid of them all.
1: Yeah, you get a lot in the packet, but you might as well share them with someone. Well, I'm telling you, Julia, because I'm reading the back of this packet, there's 250
2: seeds. And although I have told you that I love parsnips, 250 might be pushing it somewhat. (laughs) So the type that I'm going to do today for everybody is called White Gem. I like it because they've got big shoulders bit like yourself. (laughs) Very similar. And um, they have a a very sweet flavour and they don't have a very big core. So they're not corky down the middle. So, yeah, yeah, I'm glad you do because I don't think anybody else does. So I've opened the packet and uh, as you always talk about, flick the packet because these are very, very tiny seeds. Now, I'm just going to open the inner packet and... Today is not a windy day. No. Now then, these are so tiny and so feather-like that if you try to plant these and do this on a windy day, they'll be gone before they even touch the bottom of this container. So I'm literally going to sprinkle over the um, kitchen towel seeds. Now then, I would say at the moment I've probably got 50 seeds in here. Now, it sounds a lot, but luckily for me, I have got quite a few friends up here. So I'm just turning the little inner packet down. What are you going to do with the rest of them? Right, I'll tell you, Julia. When we finish this podcast, I'm going to get all the other seeds out and I'm going to get the containers out of my shed. They're all clean, they're all good to go. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to do this same method in all of the other takeaway boxes. And then we're going to play a game called Pass the, the parsnip. parsnip.
1: Oh yeah, I love I, Pass the Parsnip.
2: I love it too, because all I'm going to do before we get that stage, I'm just going to wrap some, rip some more kitchen towel, make that fit. And I've put it over the top of the seeds Spray it so it's wet again and now is the important bit make sure that the lid clips too make sure it fits tightly and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to take it home and leave it on the windowsill together with everything else that's on there at the moment and <laughs> the and important Force, we already? <laughs> it happens every year at the same time the important thing to do is to make sure that the light can get in the top of this box watch what happens and after about 14 days they do take longer than the sweet peas you'll find that they start to germinate the shoots will actually start to appear here as do the roots as well it's a quick fire method and it's a short fire method of germination of some of the hardest seeds that we use on the allotment Yeah, because
1: they can take up to about four to six weeks can't they and if you're just sitting there watching them trying to wait for them to come out they're not necessarily going to Turn up to start off with. You don't necessarily know what's going to be a weed and the, and the seed that you should be looking for. So it's a great way of getting ahead of the game, isn't it? Definitely. And, yeah. And we have converted the wood of cutters. We have. And they uh, come asking for the parcel quite frequently. And where will you put them on your plot?
2: Um, I've got a raised bed, and the raised bed itself, I've actually put loads of new sand in it, and I've raked it already through, so they like a sandy bed. They don't like a a claggy clay soil base, so that's what I'm going to do. But that will be in a few weeks' time when these have actually germinated.
1: And have you put any um, fertiliser or anything in your bed? Never ever
2: do you put fertiliser the area that you're going to put parsnips, because they'll fork F-O-R-K. And that's not a good thing. What I want is a straight, long, I was going to say bottom, but that doesn't sound right, but a root. I like a long, white root, and that is your ideal parsnip, so they don't have to fight with any clay, any boulders, or any rocks.
1: Oh, perfect parsnips. Lovely.
0: The Plotcast Podcast with the Potty Plotters.
1: So we've had some questions in Elaine oh. and we've got one here from a new listener who's also a new plot holder. And she's saying that she's had a delivery of horse muck. Ooh. Ooh, we love horse muck, don't we? we? Do. Anyway, she said it's been delivered, but it's nice and fresh. Ooh. So, And she's asking how long she should leave it to rot down for.
2: Right well what I would do is I would cover it so I'd put it in a big pile and then I would cover it if you've got some tarpaulin or something similar most people have got them on the allotments and then just cover it and I would leave it and I would leave it for at least up to a year that way it kills off all of the weeds that the horse has passed through and uh, they're the things that you don't want on your plot.
1: No, and we've got some beautiful stuff on our plot now. It slices through just like a cake, doesn't it?
2: Fruit cake, I would say, because there's a few lumpy bits in it, Julia.
1: And worms.
2: <laughs> right, I've had a, a, a one come through. It's on social media thingy, you know, what that's all about. I didn't know and, you uh, could do that. <laughs> no, I didn't either, but it's here. And it said, uh, I wondered if you were around and if you could tell me all about planting rhubarb rhubarb sue sue what we need you to do is to go backwards and listen to our podcast that was number two and that's all about rhubarb and if you want any i can tell you that i have got some crowns obviously not for the um the royal type Ooh, is that for but when you uh, dress up obviously <laughs> <laughs> for may the 6th but we have got some crowns that's not a problem if you come over to our allotments i can give you a crown of rhubarb oh that's very kind of you I can be yeah
0: contact the potty plotters anytime on facebook twitter and instagram at potty plotters or email naughty corner at pottyplotters.uk
2: It's a cold and frosty morning. It's been perishing all week. I'm absolutely frozen, but I've got my hot water bottle down my trousers. I've got five layers on, but I am being warmed from the inside out Because we're going to talk to Jonathan Mosley, international floral designer and all round good egg. Jonathan, thanks ever so much for agreeing to talk to us. How very brave of you. And I can see that already you've still got your uh, scarf, your outdoor clothing and your hat on. What have you been up to this morning?
0: This morning I've I've just been having a little look what's happening in the garden and it's great to see those emblems of springtime giving us some hope, some optimism at this time of year.
1: Already we're looking forward. That's the beauty of gardening, isn't it? And growing, growing flowers and vegetables. You're always looking forward.
0: I think that's right. You know, all gardeners are optimistic. Some people say, you know, we have to be a little bit crazy because we're out in all weathers doing things. But, you know, the the lovely thing about gardening is, and gardening, be growing vegetables, growing flowers, as I do, growing, growing a mixture, you know, herbs, whatever it is, you've always got a job to do, haven't you? You know, I know I've got friends who sometimes say, oh, you know, I hate these winter months after Christmas. You know, it's so boring. You can't do a lot. Not if you're a gardener. There's always masses and masses to get out there and do.
2: Well, we've been collecting all our leaves and we're getting ready for the leaf mulch so we can put it down for next year, you know, put it all in the bags at the bottom of the allotment so nobody can see it. But, Jonathan, at this time of year, it's boring inside our house. That's no detriment to my husband, obviously. (laughs) But it is, it's dull inside when actually I do like a lot of flowers around. Now, obviously, we've got the bulbs coming up for the spring, but also I've got a a twisted hazel and I haven't been to the hospital for that. You've not seen anyone yet. No, I'm not yet but I like
0: twisted hazel try a cold compress it helps I can remember you know I've, I've been lucky enough to uh already have a look at your twisted hazel Elaine and uh, you know I've, I've admired it from a safe distance but you know chop a little bit of it back during these winter months and bring it indoors and uh you know I, I was I'm, I'm name dropping here now but I, I was working with Alan Titchmarsh last week Ooh. and uh, he was quite impressed because I showed him my pink pussy willow and he was so bowled over by it he said Jonathan I've not seen a pink pussy willow before so I said next time Alan I'm going to bring you a bit I'll dig you a bit up and share it and you know it's looking radiant in the garden at this time of year Julie it really is.
1: That's marvellous Have you ever waxed an amaryllis because Elaine's very much into waxing hers at the moment.
0: I'm a bit of a no natural boy I, Mm. I try and stay away from waxing. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm not sure I like to see those bulbs covered in wax because I don't know. To me, it just seems a little bit wrong. It's like they, they're not getting those nutrients that the soil gives. or they look a bit like, you know, somebody who's not remembered to get dressed in a morning. I think, and you know, I don't I don't really think I like them. But saying that I'm a hypocrite, you know, Elaine, because. On my kitchen windowsill, I've got a a Victorian reproduction glass hyacinth vase and a hyacinth growing in there. But I like that. I can see its roots. And, uh, you know, that's been done for for years, hasn't it? It's harking back to history a little bit
2: it is and it reminds me of being at school actually we used to grow hyacinths in little containers at school and then we used to have to monitor them and look after them and we could see the roots growing but that's one way to get children involved isn't it whereas when the waxed amaryllis is sitting there it's just a bulb that's covered in wax whilst we've had great fun doing it it's not actually achieving very much but to watch things grow is what it is all about I mean what would you do nowadays if you've got to go in and teach teach some children how to grow for the spring, what would you do?
0: Yeah, I think same as, this is a great opportunity this time of year. You know, you could teach them about, obviously, sowing seeds, which which is your obvious thing, but also taking cuttings and, you know, things like willows and corners, which are like your naked branches at this time of year that bring in so much colour and interest. You know, you can show those how they can produce aerial roots just in a, a, a little jam jar, bottle of water. They can watch those roots form. You could show them how you pot it up in, in a nice light compost and then, you know, Watch it grow. That will turn into a tree and plants for free. You know, I've said this before, you know, I can remember with my granddad, it was all about taking cuttings, you know, getting seeds from people's gardens, starting from nothing. And I think that's a great level for kids to learn that, that, you know, it's attainable, it's doable. And there's still a magic, isn't there, about seeing something grow from nothing, you know, and create a new plant. It, It gives you that sense of care, belonging. You become its parent, so you're responsible for it.
2: And you are excited as we get excited when we talk about growing seeds. Do you actually grow anything yourself from seed?
0: Give me a seed catalogue and and I'm anybody's. You know, (laughs) I'm a dead cheap date, really. And it just cheers you up, doesn't it? But I have to really restrict myself with seed catalogues because I get over excited and I order so many of the blasted things (laughs) and then I'm seeded out. You know, (laughs) I've got all these things and I'm thinking I've not got a big enough greenhouse. I've not got a big enough garden. But yeah, I do grow a lot from seed.
1: So as you're sowing, are you always thinking about what you're going to turn it into? Where does the inspiration come from to do the bouquets and all the the demonstration stuff that you do? Do you wake up in the morning and and have a plan or do you just go into the garden and grab things and think that looks marvellous today? There is
0: obviously like anything, this forward planning. So when I am buying my seeds and getting my plants then it's thinking, oh, you know, what yield will I get from that? What time of year is it going to be at its best? Does it tie in with the time when I'm at, you know, the big flower shows so I can use it there and promote it and talk about it but also there's that selfish indulgence side where you just grow things for you as well because there's certain things that you just love growing and you know there's some plants that I have to have every year because they're my favorites and yeah they're good from a floriferous that's a good word isn't it Ooh, a that's a long word <laughs> write that down <laughs> oh, well, if I could spell it but uh, I, I think you know inspiration to me comes from nature and this time of year even though it's a bit barren out there, and we've certainly had some really cold, frosty days, haven't we? The countryside's still been looking wonderful, really. And, you know, even our cityscapes, you know, inner cities, parks, you know, just looking at other people's front gardens, there's so much to enjoy. You had a
2: fantastic year, 2022. It was absolutely boiling, but you were out and about. What was your favourite thing that you created last year? Because there's so many when we look on social media, Jonathan, you were everywhere.
0: Well, it, uh, yeah, another busy year and a great year to sort of back out there after all that COVID time of being locked out. I think my biggest achievement last year, Elaine, was keeping everything turgid in, in that sort of intense heat. It was really, you know, quite a challenge working with flowers, which are obviously a perishable item. But some of those temperatures were so excessive, things were just wilting in front of your eyes. So, it, you know, it, I think, although it was a great year, I think it was probably my most challenging year from a, yeah. a practical point of view to keep our flowers going on and keep them living, you know, to, to the best. Uh, what, what do I enjoy doing most? That's always an hard thing, really, because I enjoy so much of it. I think I enjoyed sort of the Malvern spring show where I did three outdoor installations there. I enjoyed that. And I created a, a, a wonderful big crown for Malvern autumn show, which was all covered in berries and fruits and things. And that was a really lovely thing to do because, you know, it was a, Funny old year last year, wasn't it? Quite an emotional year for, for, for all of us in so many different ways and a, a time of living through momentous change, making history.
1: Yeah. Now, Jonathan, I don't know if you we, were, but we're we coming to see you. Uh, we're not stalking you or anything, although Elaine would like your diary so we can pencil you in and follow you around. But uh, <laughs> on on April the 5th, you're doing a demo for cancer research aren't you what else have you got planned
0: oh fantastic well i'm so glad you're coming to see me i had already been warned about that so <laughs> i think we've got additional security on that day just in case <laughs> but uh, i'm not living life on the road and you know doing all the uh events up and down the country but it's an organizing time and you know getting getting everything booked in everything planned it's talking to all the shows getting things ready for all those that are coming up but also you know for for local on a local level getting my website up to date with all the flower workshops the flower school classes all that type of thing so you know my head's in sort of easter mode and the fluffy chicks and eggs and all that type of scenario
2: So good luck, Jonathan. I hope nothing goes floppy this year. You know, we were inundated with floppiness because we were so dry on the allotments, lack of water. But this year we've got more water barrels. So we hope that we'll be well and truly wet through.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know what, I think this year will be the absolute opposite and we'll all end up dripping.
2: Thanks for listening, everybody. And most importantly, thanks too for Jonathan Mosley for helping us with our podcasts. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, don't forget you can contact us on social media. On Instagram,
1: Twitter and Facebook at Potty Plotters. Website, which is pottyplotters.uk. And you can email us at naughtycorner at pottyplotters.uk Coming up in the next episodes we've got Rob Smith who is the face of veg and we've also been having a chat with Will Murray who we met at Chelsea last year.
0: Coming up on the podcast with the potty plotters. It was amazing. It was just that inspiration that I needed watching him. It just showed you sort of like how it was. Actually it's sitting in a client's garden at the moment where I've left it behind but um hopefully it's still safe. So <laughs> Should be sitting in my shed. (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a thing.
1: So, until then, it's bye for now. And if you want to know anything, well, give Monty Don a ring. He might not answer, though, so you might as well
2: contact us because we'll give you an answer, won't we?
1: Well, yeah.
2: (laughs) Might not like it.
0: The Plotcast Podcast with the Potty Plotters is an Amberland Media Production.